0: Lady Lou and Marion LaSalle are hosting the Daily Reset for Success show. This segment is a live video show every day at various times. Feel free to join in on the Natural Curiosity channels you'll find on YouTube and Facebook. You can find the links on our website, naturalcuriosity.life. Our show is full of fun and laughter as we talk about topics that are based around living a happier, healthier life. We want to increase our prosperity, our love, and our outlook on life. Enjoy the show. Wow. Good evening, good morning,
1: good afternoon, whoever might be here today. Thank you for coming. This is our second show today. I guess we're getting better. I don't know, but we've got the most wonderful guest today. It's our friend Red O'Laughlin. Say hello, Red. Howdy, y'all. Oh, he is such a dear man and knows so much about health. He has written several wonderful books. And, Red, I'll let you talk about those when the time comes. And because uh, you're going to want to get those books, they're wonderful. And now uh, we also have Marion LaSalle here, our dear friend on the other side. And we're going to have a chat, if you will, with Red on intermittent fasting. It's a subject that I think a lot of us are very interested in. So, Marion, I'll let you take it away, if you would,
0: please. Okay, so the Daily Reset for Success is made for keeping on track with our health and wellness. And who better to have on with us than Red Laughlin, who is an expert. He is a researcher. He loves to dig into the biomolecular level of serious diseases like cancer and diabetes and, and obesity and all the different things that we're really interested in. I have known Red for many, many years, and he's always my go-to when I have a question about health, health, nutrition, and uh, he's right up there with Dr. Oz with me. So <laughs> he's written many, many books, and the two, uh, the two recently are really focused in on health. Um, I'm going to let him kind of go over a little bit about what he's been doing. Why he wrote those books, and then we'll start talking about intermittent fasting, which I'm fascinated by. Hi, Rick.
2: Howdy. Uh, first off, my latest book was a number one bestseller on Amazon in 2019. It's called The Joy of Ageless Health. And a, a companion to that, I did a few years earlier than that, about three years earlier, is called Longevity Secrets for Healthy Living. And there's basically two causes when you get down to the molecular level. Of, of, of us aging once human growth hormone because we stop making it as we get older and there's a lot of easy ways to make it we just don't use those easy ways because we don't know about them but the subject we're talking about tonight is going to fix one of those ways very easily on um, the other one is the length of our telomeres and the intermittent fast doesn't necessarily affect that but if you're catching one of the two you you're definitely doing yourself a good deal the joy of ageless health talks about a lot of different things that we do to prevent cancer, to have a healthy living. And the other one I have that's fairly recent is No Matter What, You Can Do It. And that's a book on your subconscious mind, how do you actually talk to the part of your body that's actually in control of everything you do, or at least 96% of it. But intermittent fast, tell me when you came across that topic so I have an idea of where to bring this thing in at.
0: I came across that topic when I came to you and said, Red, I want to lose weight. And I don't want to go on a diet because every time I go on a diet, I get fatter. Literally, I'm growing every year, just bigger and bigger and bigger. And you said, well, Marion, and this was years ago. You were saying, you know, the research shows that intermittent fasting is not a diet. It's a lifestyle. And you can do it. And so did I listen? I kind of listened, but at the same time, I kind of didn't. I'm sorry, Red.
2: Well, there's, there's two things there that prevent a lot of people from doing it. One is the fast. There's They don't understand it, and we'll talk in a lot of detail about that. But the other one is your subconscious mind. You know, your subconscious mind' prime directive in life is to protect you. It doesn't want to hurt you. And so when you're doing something and you have a lot of success with it, you're going to continue to have a lot of success. But when you do something that you failed at, the subconscious mind catalogs that, puts it in your brain, and stores it there. It archives it. And if it's something that you do often it's right there at the very front of your brain. And so it's easy to find. So as you fail the first time on a diet, then the body's not going to realize I don't, you know, the second, third, fourth time you start getting a trend. When you have a trend, then you have a problem.
0: Yeah, I have a problem.
2: (laughs) So what you need to do is change some of the words. And one of the words you could do would be, I want to eat for health. Not for diet, not for weight loss, because now all of a sudden you have no success or failure with healthy eating and your brain doesn't know whether to inhibit you, to sabotage you, to support you. You at least have an even playing field. So you have to change some of the thoughts. Now, one of the easiest ways to do that is to change your lifestyle. Now, I'm not telling you to change the food you're eating right now, but at some point in time, that might become very important. And I can talk about that down the road, too. But a fast, for most of us, is we just don't eat. We have to drink water because you don't want to become dehydrated. But for the vast majority of it, just means don't eat. So if you fast, Lent is a good time for fasting. For a lot of people, they abstain from chocolate or wine or who knows what. They pick their little their little things that they, they want to give up. But for us, we want to change a lifestyle. It means that we're going to be doing the same thing today, tomorrow, two years from now, ten years from now. An intermittent fast means that you're not fasting all the time. An intermittent fast means that you can do it in several different ways. You can fast every other day. You can fast two days out of the week and not on the other five. You can fast the number of hours per day. But if you look at what is basically going to help you the most to cancel, reduce the risk, inhibit the age related disease, that we might run into down the road when we start getting old then the best thing to do is to have human growth hormone be increased in the body fasting does that probably more efficiently than any other mechanism for increasing human growth hormone in the body a simple 12-hour fast is enough to bump it up quite a bit it's not going to bump it up as much as you were back in your teenage years but a 24-hour fast will certainly get you pretty much back there now the fasting in and of itself is put your body right at the onset of of starvation. And as you get to that starvation, the body looks at things a little bit differently. I do a 72-hour fast once a month. That fast is to reset my immune system. And when you do that, the body is literally in starvation. And what it does is says, no, no more. I'm going to get rid of anything that's not functioning. So if you have a DNA molecule that's not 100%, you have some other cells in there, uh, whatever they may happen to be the body goes through and purges out all of the non-functioning cells and leaves you with a very I'll get to you in a second Leaves you with a very brand new system that everything is reset to ground zero now you're starting to to build things back up again now what the University of Southern California where this came out to with uh, dr. Uh, Vol- or Walter Vol- 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 kind of hard to pronounce his name they're now using that in conjunction with chemo treatments because they found out if they do chemo by itself, you have certain results. If you do the 72 hour fast by itself, it's almost equal to chemo. In fact, in many cases it is. But if you put them both together, they're synergistic and you actually get a much better uh, result of the treatment of the chemo and the immune system, both working against the cancer. But for us on normal everyday eating, we want to get the best we can get out of it. And that human growth hormone is back in charge again a lot of things are not going to be as risky as they were before. So as you're fasting, your body is actually creating an internal system where cancer, uh, diabetes, uh, Alzheimer's, congestive heart failure, cardiac, you're really minimizing the risks, a lot of that, because your body is now in a much more defensive mode, much more offensive from your autoimmune system. And it just really facilitates a lot of things and that's the value of that that fast. I do an intermittent fast every day, about eighteen hours a day, between twelve and six noon and six PM. Everything after that is unsweet tea, unsweet coffee, outer and coffee, but and water. You had a question, Marion. It looked like you did. You had your hand up.
0: Absolutely. I thought to myself, a seventy two hour fast. Okay, so you can have coffee or tea, you said, or yeah. water.
2: You can have anything that does not cause a metabolic response in the body that's unsweet tea unsweet coffee and water now one could argue what if i take and squeeze a lime in a glass of water and i sip it through a straw for an hour Uh, that's one calorie over 60 minutes that's probably not going to cause a metabolic response in the body so that's probably a safe thing to do now what uh, dr valgo found out i'm not butchering his name i'm sure And I apologize. But USC found out was that you can actually go on a 120 day diet uh, fast and they use what they call a fasting mimicking diet. You can actually eat certain foods. The body doesn't recognize it as being a metabolic uh, obstacle to the fast. And so now they can put people on a five day fast and they do it for three months in a row. And it does a similar thing that it does to the immune system, but it does it to the pancreas. And when you're doing it to the pancreas, you're basically rebuilding and getting rid of all the old non-functioning beta cells, which is what causes your, your insulin response. So basically you're improving your insulin sensitivity and they've had a fair amount of luck with people with type one diabetes and being able to not cure it, but be able to be functional again. And a lot of people with type two diabetes goes away. So that is one that uh, they do a five day fasting mimicking diet or a five day fast over three months. Uh, and that's also a, a fast a different kind, but for us that we're talking about normal mortal human beings a, a You know you eat Six o'clock in the morning and or say let's say nine o'clock in the morning you sleep in or you wait till you get to work And then you have your meal at five six o'clock at night. That's yeah, 15 hours That that's a decent intermittent fast, but that doesn't mean you have the high hose and stuff at ten o'clock at night watching TV You have to stop eating at a certain time so you have that that whole time frame that 12 15 18 hours of allowing the body to just do what it needs to do you're basically allowing the body to digest you're not forcing extra stuff onto the liver it just it gives that time for the body really to to recycle itself
0: thank god this is recorded okay that's all i got to say because you have a lot of information that you're you're laying on us and there's so many questions People are, are asking questions on the side here. And I know um, Louise has one that I, we talked about this before you came on. She has diabetes. So the first thing that pops into her head is, but I have to eat every, every so often in order to, you know, my sugar and all that. So is there a plan for her? Can she do it?
2: I am not a nutritionist. I'm not a doctor. The first thing I would tell her is, there is a program that USC developed It's called a Fasting Mimicking Diet, and it's a five-day fast once a month for three months. She would need to get a copy of that protocol that they have and bring that to her physician so that she can make sure that she does not have any problem because diabetes is a very, very serious disease, yeah. and some people can stop and not have any problem with insulin. Other people, you know, I, I had an aunt who had severe cases, but ironically, when she came from Belgium to here, she just a lot of her, uh, insulin wasn't required. I don't know the change in diet or whatever, but it's interesting. You take something as simple as gestational diabetes, you know, literally a hundred years ago, 80 years ago, doctors treated it with, um, I believe it was zinc. Uh, no, chromium. Uh, and that was the standard until world war II. You have gestational diabetes because the baby is taking all of your chromium. It results in a diabetic symptoms. And so what they do is I, they fed the, pregnant women uh extra chromium went away uh same thing with uh vitamin d and in many cases a lot of people were deficient vitamin d Uh, i have a very good friend of mine i don't think you know uh mark it's a different person different work from us but he just arbitrarily added some without talking to his doctor i read him the riot act after that i said no you don't do things just because you can do them you really need to make sure if you're on something don't just change something just because you can and you think it's going to improve things But he went ahead and he just added a chromium pill off the, the shelf and increased his vitamin D. And all of a sudden, literally in two days, his intake of insulin was literally less than half of what it was before. So there's a lot of things that we don't know about balancing our diabetes. And the blood sugar is one of those ones that if you're trying to do a longer term fast, then you have to understand what you can and can't do and what risk you're putting your body at. That's why I say if you're doing something outside of a normal healthy lifestyle, you know, i am never been on prescription meds, same with my wife. You know, we get, you know, it's just it's not one of those things. We've been very, very fortunate. And so, as such, I don't mind doing some of these things, but I'm also monitoring my blood pressure. I'm monitoring a lot of things that can be done. I think the longest fast on record, if I remember, is about 378 days. Uh, and the guy was several hundred pounds overweight, and it was a medically uh, monitored fast. So it's not one of those things that uh, that you take lightly, but it's one of those things that can definitely help you. If you're not on anything, it might be something to consider. Start out lightly, you know, do a 12-hour on, 12-hour off. That kind of works, you know, go 13 and, and 11. That kind of works, you know, go 14. And, I mean, just look okay. at that.
0: Red, let me ask you a question. Um, so it doesn't matter that you eat or don't eat breakfast. It's, it's the Im- amount of time. So if you ate breakfast, and you went 12 to 15, 20 hours or whatever, you didn't have anything else, It's still a fast,
2: right? That's correct. Now, when we wake up in the morning, we're more dehydrated than we are hungry, but we also have a habit of eating because that is something we've been doing year in, year out, forever. Now, if you look at Eastern medicine, they say, I don't care whether you have breakfast or not, it's not that important. To them, the main meal of the day is the one at noontime because you have all day long to work off that food to digest it and they have a very small meal at night. But whether you have breakfast or not, it doesn't matter if you're in the Eastern culture. Western culture says, yeah, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and you might as well have five or six or more small meals throughout the day. But what that does is it keeps your blood sugar up here all day long, and it never gives your body a chance to come down and relax. And so the longer time you have in between meals, the longer time your liver is allowed to come back to normal, your pancreas is allowed to come back to normal because you're not processing anything. And your body's actually operating the way it's supposed to be operating
0: so somebody uh is asking a comment in the in the comment section uh do you have a book on intermittent fasting
2: not yet but i have one that i'm putting together that i am probably going to come out with sometime into i'm hoping within the next year but it's one of those things that i talk about an awful lot and it seems to be a subject of a lot of questions when i go places and i'm speaking uh, as of today, you thought, I might have right on tonight." and I said, "Absolutely, no problem at all." And so, yes, there's a lot of things out there, and um, it just—it's—it's it's interesting how many things that I still pick up on a regular basis. It's—it's uh, it's just a, a fast. In fact, I think I wrote a blog about it a couple days ago. Intermittent fasting. Within the last couple of days, I think I wrote a blog on it.
0: So people are asking where they get your book. Should we send them to your website or Amazon? There's a
2: link at my website, each of exactly. the books that I talked about tonight, they'll take them straight to Amazon.
0: Okay. Can go to
2: Amazon and look at Red Laughlin and they should be able to find it that way.
0: Okay, so we have a question. Uh, I just heard a doctor say in an interview that for breakfast it matters more than other meals what you eat, that we eat the raw things most of the time for breakfast. I thought that was interesting. And that comes from Kathy Lawson.
2: Again, we have a habit of eating. And as you, you know, know, I'm roughly about 200 pounds. I lose three pounds a night. Half of it's through respiration. The other half is through elimination in the morning. And if you look at what you're losing, you know, that's one and a half percent of my body weight. That's a lot of percent of body weight. And that's the first thing I do in the morning is I take 10, 12, 14 ounces of water. That's the very first thing I do. Uh, I find out that yeah. if I have any hunger pangs whatsoever, then it's they go away because I'm dehydrated and not hungry. Uh, but again, the philosophy that Western medicine came up on was, yeah, you're fasting all night long. You need to break that fast in the morning, which is the, the term breakfast. And as such, they say, that's the most important meal of the day because it gets you going. But again, what are they trying to do? In, in my particular cases, I function fine without any food, you know, until at least noontime, three o'clock sometimes in the afternoon, and then I get to the end of a 72-hour fast. And I'm telling myself, eh, "Do I want to go for 90?" Uh, I just, I, I, I'm not, you know, and I, and I'd be quite honest. It takes me about two days to get my mindset in order to go straight onto a long-term fast. But as uh, Kathy's saying right now, hydration is super important. You do not want to end up in a dehydration lower part of the curve because it's so easy, it's so hard to catch back up again. And you know, you professional boxers, professional athletes, they are super critical to remain hydrated because you get on the low end of that hydration curve and it's almost impossible to catch back up again. Even though you're downing yourself with tons of water, it just (laughs) doesn't do the same thing because it hasn't gotten all the way into the body. It's just gotten into the stomach.
0: Okay, I have another question about that. So this is my question. Um, someone told me that sometimes when you drink a lot of water and you just drink and drink and drink the water, you know, you gallons of water, it's not doing you any good. You have to hold it under your tongue so that it it's, gets into your
2: system. Is that true? Well, subliminally, your blood vessels under your tongue will, will absorb whatever's there. And that's generally the best reason why you want to take uh, vitamin B12 under the tongue because it goes straight into the bloodstream. But you're trying to get water into the body, into all of the different organs, and you're you're transporting it. So you want the, the water into the into the body. Now, the one thing that you can run into a problem with is if you carry around this you know gallon jug of water, and that's all you're drinking. You now have a, a tendency to flush a lot of electrolytes out of your system, and so there's a there's a modicum you know moderate amount of stuff that you need to do, and so be very very careful about what you are doing, assuming that you are are hydrating yourself, uh, which you know, comes at breakfast. That's the first thing I do before I do anything else is at least 12 ounces of water. I mean, just that's the first thing before anything else happens. Brush my teeth. just That's the first thing I do is, is my water. I get that into the system, and then, you know, literally in a half hour, I am feeling significantly better because that's finally gotten through my stomach and starting to be, you know, distributed into the rest of the, the body. Uh, and then later on, I switch over to unsweet tea, and that's generally what I have for the rest of the day and into the evening. And so i keep my body fairly well hydrated with probably somewhere probably over the course of a day nearly uh three quarts of uh tea and you know a pint or so of, of water and then sometimes at night i'll switch back to just plain water it just sort of depends on what my my taste buds are at that time sometimes i love the taste of tea other times i just need some water that's that's what i go for
0: yeah well red if you feel like you have Washed your electrolytes out of your body. What does that feel like? What what is the What are the symptoms of
2: that? Um, I wish I could tell you Generally speaking you end up lightheaded in this you're confused But it's not one of those things. I know just off the top of my head It's uh, not one of those areas. I research very often. I just tell people to be careful about how much you drink how fast you drink it Uh, because it's Mm -hmm. Again, we do things in moderation Uh, You go out and you drink a six-pack of beer yeah, that's a little bit too much. A single beer, probably not so bad. But but yeah. but as you do things, saying you sit down a big bowl of spaghetti, you know, maybe you only need a third of that. Your body has an internal measurement that says, halt, stop. And if you ignore it because the meal costs so much or there's so much left on the plate, and you were told by your parents, you know, don't leave that on the plate. All of a sudden you just blow past that internal switch that says, Hey, you know, your mind has come to the point where it's sated. It's it's gotten as much as it needs to sustain itself, but you plow right through it and you keep eating more. And that's where you get those extra calories that you really don't need right now. We've been conditioned to, I need that plate full. Well, the easiest thing to do is switch to a smaller plate, fill the smaller plate up and you don't have that same visual thing you had before. Now you go back three or four times with the small plate, That's that's not right. But you have to look at what you have. And as we go through all-you-can-eat buffets, what do we do? We fill it up, and then we fill it up again, and maybe go back for dessert. Again, if you're looking at trying to do something, start out with a smaller plate. You know, Use your salad plate as your total plate, and then put the stuff on the plate that, that makes sense for the amount of air. And if you look at it, a deck of cards for four ounces of cooked meat, you know, that's about fits perfectly fine on a salad plate. And I have that's a
0: good um, suggestion. Lady Lou, didn't you have a question? She did. Yes. Oh, do you advocate
1: warm water in the morning, or cool water, or room temperature? What
2: What is I drink room temperature water myself. Me too. Uh, some people have a feeling that if they drink cold water, it's going to clog up everything inside. But literally, your body has maintains you know ninety eight point six temperature. That cold water gets down there literally in seconds. It's going to be body temperature. It's not going to clog up anything. Uh, a lot of people prefer a warmer water. You know, if I'm taking uh, coconut oil and I take it in a spoon, I want it a little warmer than than body temperature because it tastes better through a spoon. If I take it and it's a little colder, it has a different taste. It has a different texture. And if I take it solid, again, it's totally different. So Mm -hmm. some things I like a little warmer. I don't like my tea hot. I'll drink it that way. I prefer it iced.
0: Oh, thank you. I think that is important for a lot of people to know that. So, um, Lady Lou, did you get your answers uh, for the diabetes question?
1: Yes, I did, and and uh, I'm doing it for whatever it takes. I'm doing it. I'm tired you of I'm Tired of sticking myself with a needle.
0: you, well, know, it gets you old.
2: look up on on Google, and you you put in five day fast okay. or five day uh, fasting mimicking diet FMD. And you're going to get some articles that came out of USC and and Dr. Bongo, I think his name, Walter. Uh, And they have their own company that makes the, the diet materials. But, again, I would copy that stuff out and then go to your physician and say, please review this because I'm certainly interested in not sticking myself all the time. I know that if I also increase my dosages of chromium, that's probably also going to help. I want an answer to that one. And I want to know how much vitamin D3 can I take a day. I take generally about 20,000 I use a day of vitamin D3, and it puts me right around 60 to 70 uh, on the measurement scale, um, nanoliters per uh, whatever. Uh, anyway, and so I want my vitamin D3 levels in my body well over 50. That's the absolute minimum you want. Oh, okay. Okay, so Kathy, what do we got here?
0: She says you're the most knowledgeable person she knows on everything health. Thanks for sharing.
2: You're so nice, Kathy. Thanks for those really nice comments. Very very kind of you.
1: She's a good kid. Now is chromium by itself? I've always heard chromium picolinate.
2: There are several different types of chromium. Again, ask your doctor what he thinks might be best for you. The picolinate is one that's probably easier absorbed than some of the other ones. But, again, uh, I, would, I would talk to him. If he doesn't know, I'm sure he probably has a nutritionist that he could recommend you talking to. And, again, your friend, you know, Dr. Google, has a lot of those things that you can print out and take in. Uh, I use YouTube. I use uh, Google for a lot of my research on the writings that I do. Okay. Thank you.
0: What about Wikipedia? Red, do you ever use Wikipedia? For some of your
2: I, do, I don't put a whole lot of trust in it because anybody can update it. It's not those ones that's hard and fast. Uh, I'll look at it, but I'll look at it generally as my 10th or 11th reference to see if there's something in there that they can send me in a different direction. But when I research something, I try to find out, okay, if it works this way and does this, is there a counter thing to it? You know, if this is the benefit, well, let's take uh, red meat and heart uh, cardiovascular problems. You know, if you look at a whole bunch of articles say, you know, don't, 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 it's going to cause problems. And then you look at, well, we have all these studies over here that says it's perfectly fine. It's not an issue at all. But if you look at how the tests were set up, you know, were they given the dosages enough? If I'm giving a vitamin E dosage to somebody, you know, is it the synthetic brand that has absolutely no benefit whatsoever? Does it include all eight different molecules of vitamin E? Uh, Because some are much, much more powerful in the body than others. And so you have to look at what the tests were and what those results say and who was paying for it because they have a vested interest in seeing the results come out a certain way. And that's what I do. When I do my research, I try to look at both sides of the equation and then I pick the one that I think for me, this makes money. Yeah. Uh, Coconut oil, follow the money back in the eighties. That was a major deal They came out with uh, trans fats. There was nothing wrong with coconut oil. There's nothing wrong with uh, uh, palm oil. But, again, follow the money, and you'll find out that there was no testing done on the, the coconut oil and the other saturated. They were plant-saturated fats, not animal-saturated fats. And there's some doctors today who believe that coconut oil is no benefit because it's a saturated fat. But, again, a meat, uh, a meat product is a different saturated fat than a plant product that's a saturated fat. And, again, you have to look at the, at the whole picture. At least that's what i do when i do my writing so do you,
1: yeah. do you use organic coconut
2: oil i do i try to get organic that has not been refined much at all the least amount of processing so if it's cold pressed there's no heat on it if you have it refined then it's got a lot of chemicals that were added to it at one point in time and it's you're not getting the same product uh, Basically, you. coconut oil freezes at about 76 degrees and so if you find this stuff here says mct it's the medium chain triglyceride that's the equivalent of part of uh coconut oil and it's room temperature at whatever i mean it's just it's uh so anyway i try to to look at as pure that i can get that hasn't been touched by anybody
1: again go to google and find it
2: uh google's a good friend if you're trying to get information to increase your knowledge about something, but for somebody who's already on a prescription drug or on a protocol such you are with your insulin, it's not a wise idea to just make changes based on Google because you might catch one of those articles that you don't want to have somebody write an obituary for you.
1: No, not yet.
2: <laughs> not yet. And so as such, be smart about it, you know, do some research on it and then take it to somebody that knows your background, knows your, your personal history, knows what else is in there because there may be some other drug that you're taking that will counter, you know, counteract and, and not give you the benefit of it. There you go. Thank you.
0: So Red, if somebody really wants more information, um, when does your book come out or are you recommending your blog? Where can they find more information?
2: My website has a lot as far as just general blogs. I've, uh, I go in spurts. I think I wrote hundred blogs in hundred days last year and then uh, stopped for the rest of the year. I think I wrote a couple and so far this year i'm one for one i don't have a blog today but i will before i go to bed tonight but my blog has a lot of information um again if you're looking at uh, ted talks i find to be a fascinating source mm-hmm. if you go at ted talks and diabetes uh, ted talks and diabetes cure ted talks and whatever you your particular problem is i find them and i'll listen to 10 or 12 or 15 of those trying to get some insight as to uh, who are they who do they represent What kind of job are they doing? What is their personal experience with it? It gives me a really good sense of, especially stuff that's been talked about within the last, say, 18 months. If this was a 2011 TED Talk, I'll probably still listen to it, but I don't have as much credence in it as if it was 2018 or 2019 TED Talk. But there's a lot of different sources out there for that information. And when you go to Google, you're gonna get a lot of information, but what you might need, it may be on page three and you may never get that far.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: so. That is a problem.
0: Well, I know there's a lot more questions, and I'm sure Lady Lou is going to have some more. How can people read you if they have uh, some questions or they want to uh, ask you about your book?
2: Uh, the easiest okay. way is redoloflin.com, is my website, so it'll be red at redoloflin.com. Uh, I'm also redoloflin at gmail.com. That's another one that. Uh, people reach me at and uh, those are probably the two easiest ways uh, beyond that um, they're I guess on my website you can go and yeah, read at red and red at red dot at gmail.com is the other one those I'd say are the two that I look at several times a day okay, okay. Now, let, me be- come, let me come back and qu- I, I talked very briefly at the beginning of the fasting you're going to change your lifestyle and you're going to eat, let's say that you're going to eat uh, eight hours out of every day and, and fast for 16. That's that, that I think is reasonable. Yeah. That's eight o'clock in the morning to four o'clock in the afternoon. You have a big meal at noontime. May have a little snack there. May have even a snack in the morning, but if that's your window, you're fasting 16 hours a day. Now and- what's important is what you eat. Yeah. Because if you're eating, the wrong stuff and you're not eating as much of it, you're not getting as many calories and you're allowing the benefit of the fasting to come in, you could have a lot more benefit by selecting the right kinds of foods to eat. Good. The thing that I talk about quite often is the Walls protocol and WALS is spelled W-A-H-L-S. Dr. Terry Walls is a physician internist, I believe, and she came down with MS, a very aggressive case of MS late in life. And no matter what the doctors did, no matter what she did, it got worse and worse and she ended up in a wheelchair. Uh, She studied autoimmune diseases and actually wrote a book called The Wall's Protocol and put herself on her own protocol. There's four different parts to it. And when my wife is going through chemo, the only side effects that were really hard to deal with was fatigue. No matter what she did, could not fix her one or two, two hour naps a day. On day one of radiation, after finishing months of chemo, she had weeks of radiation planned. The radiologist said her fatigue would probably get worse. Uh, well, we started both of us on the wall's protocol diet only portion day one of her radiation by day three of radiation. She was taking no more naps. None. Wow. Down, literally months of chemo and she had no problems throughout radiation. The last day of radiation, we left Houston, Texas at noontime, and we drove to Jacksonville, Florida to pick up my, my mom's estate stuff. I rented a U-Haul, and my wife drove me by behind me, by herself, 500 miles each day, 48 hours after her last irradiation. Uh, yeah. it, it was it amazed me because what the Walls Protocol Diet does is it balances all the 30-plus nutrients the body needs on a daily basis. And so if you're getting balanced nutrition, you're providing the body with what it needs to operate. You're not deficient in vitamin D12. You're not deficient in vitamin E. You're not deficient in vitamin K2. You're not deficient in uh, magnesium. I mean, it's just, you're getting all the nutrients your body needs in multiples of the minimum daily requirements on a daily basis. And we found out that we couldn't eat three meals a day. We ate about a meal and a half, and then we went down to one meal a day. That was about one and a half times. You know, the plate was very full, but it was essentially one and a half times the requirements. Now, what's on a WALLS protocol diet? And very simply, green vegetables, leafy green vegetables. And they want you to have one cup three times a day. I generally have somewhere between six and eight different kinds of leafy green vegetables when I, I make my leafy green part. They want you to have uh, colored fruits and vegetables, but the color has to go all the way through the fruit or the vegetable. If you think about a blueberry, blue goes all the way through. Yeah. If you think about an eggplant, the blue or the purple does not go all the way through. So whatever, you know, raspberry, straw, any kind of berry is fine. You start getting outside of the berries, you start to have a problem. But any kind of colored fruits and vegetables works fine. Now, some people are allergic to nightshades, which is your bell peppers and and other things. So you kind of have to find out what's going to fit your your particular regimen. They want you to have one cup also. Now, if you have if you saute your vegetables, then it's a half a cup. So you have a little bit of leeway there, but if you t- then the next one is a cup of sulfur-laden vegetables. This is your cru- uh, cruciferous vegetables, your cauliflower, your asparagus, that kind of stuff. Or in my case, I do mushrooms and onions because I don't like the cruciferous vegetables. But you get your sulfur in there, and that's what your body needs every night to repair. It's a basic repair mechanism. It's a toolkit to repair all your your body, especially your muscles when you use them a lot. And then S Q L F E R. Oh, I
0: don't know how to spell
2: that. (laughs) It's C-R-U-C-I.
0: C-U-R-C-I.
2: F-E-R-O-U-S, I -I. -I. I believe. F-E-R? O-U-S.
0: O-U-S, okay.
2: Put that up there, I'll tell you if it's right or wrong. Okay. But that's where you get your sulfur. Your sulfur is needed in the body to make repairs. That's pretty close, if not right. Okay. And then you need some level of protein. Now, the one thing that I do differently than what uh, Dr. Walls recommends is I make sure I don't eat the same protein two days in a row. So if I have beef and chicken today, I'll have lamb and salmon tomorrow, or I'll just stick with one and just have salmon only. Mm -hmm. And so I keep that down. Now, she says, you know, three out to four ounces, three times a day, uh, since I'm only eating one meal, meal and a half. I'll probably keep it right at about six ounces, and that's what my protein intake is. But again, just like uh, uh, Lady Lou said a short while ago, I buy everything organic as best I can. And so when I'm looking for organic, I'm looking specifically for organic salmon, uh, as well as I'm looking for any kind of organic. You know, no, no uh, extra stuff that they add to the meats. Uh, <laughs> around here, uh, Ryan, what's uh, Nolan Ryan beef is one of them. There's a couple, three of them out there that. You know, no antibiotics, no preservatives, no whatever, grass fed, um, same thing with your butter, your grass fed butter gives you a lot more of the, the things that are, that are needed. Right. But Good. that is what we went on. She lost 20 pounds in about a month, just <coughs> boom. Mm-hmm. And then, again, the basis that she didn't, she wasn't on a, she didn't take a nap for years, literally years, you know, three years, four years later, she yeah, I felt tired of it. like, but it just, it woke her up, wiped out months of chemo, weeks of radiation. And it just is amazed to me. I mean, I became a believer of it. We're gonna be doing some research. I'm telling you, I'm I'm
0: getting healthier every day (laughs) just by hanging around you, Red.
1: Thank you, Red. Wow, this was big. Yes, yes, yes. I hope everybody out there loved it. I think they did. (laughs)
0: Yes. Promise you'll come back again.
2: I certainly will promise. Hey, uh, you
0: get to pick the topic. I picked the topic tonight, but you get to pick the topic next time.
2: More than happy to. I'm researching two books right now, one on brain health and one on heart health.
0: Heart both, health almost, both
2: of them. The, the heart health is almost done. It's fully researched. I'm just writing. Uh, the brain health one is probably 80% researched. Uh, and it's just, uh, I'm hoping to get those out in the next couple, three months. Um, just, there's just a lot. I'll about four or five books that I'm, tweaking right now trying to get out as quickly as I can so
1: wow we love you Red <laughs> so
0: yes uh, any
2: other questions going once twice I
0: guess yeah nobody has any more questions in the uh, peanut gallery
2: yeah. shout out to Kathy Laughlin for her kind comments she's very very nice thank you Kathy yes yeah.
1: very good well we've all learned something tonight and I the replays I'm sure we're gonna get a lot of replays out of this one Red thank you
2: yeah, Anytime yeah. again, I do promise to come back.
0: Thank you very much. Thank
2: you. We appreciate
0: it. having read tonight. And uh, if you have any questions, please go to the website, redollaughlin.com. Red and we look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. <laughs> is-
2: <laughs> seeing me again tomorrow.
0: <laughs> it was Daily reset for success. We're doing this. Today.
2: You're looking forward to seeing your clients tomorrow. I understand.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just- <laughs> Thank you. Night. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Daily Reset for Success show. We sure enjoyed creating it, and we're glad that you're here. Because we're a daily show, that means you can reset your life anytime you choose. All you have to do is open the Natural Curiosity Podcast and listen. Or you can join us on our live stream show on YouTube or on our Facebook group. Feel free to connect with us anytime on our websites or support us on our Patreon pages. We look forward to seeing you again. Now remember, be good and create a fantastic day for yourself. See you next time or you can listen to us next time.